0: He's won it, man! Whoa, oh, I can't believe it, Jordan C. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> he's going to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. nose. <laughs> 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 yeah. What about to McCullum? Shane might be trying to shape the sweep one after that first. one, Might try and slide one in there fast. Yeah. Well, you we caught it. It's out. Let's run out. Let's come off Sam's head down. on to no, the no, stage. No, You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, do
0: Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast, head of round three of the Big Bash Supercoach season, proudly brought to you, as always, by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. It is a massive edition, a massive round three edition, and I'll tell you why. Because we've got a three-man panel today consisting of three of the past four Supercoach BBL title winners one of them, well, look, if this bloke wins Supercoach again, I've been told by News Corp insiders they're going to bar him from Supercoach because he's cheating somehow. It's the dual defending champion, Andrew Langley. Andrew, how are you, mate?
1: Well, I'm good. It's good to be back again. Um, yeah, the season hasn't started so well, but I'm going to keep trying.
0: Far out, mate. That, that makes me feel better about myself after my first round as well. And uh, round two was looking pretty sweet as well until Aaron Hardy, who I traded out this week, went ballistic last night. Anyway, we move on. It's been all right, otherwise. Our next guest. Now, this bloke has dead set dodged just like Vrenda Sayway dodging quick singles. It's BBL9 champion Tomo Tom Tomo, you, you're the phantom menace. You finally We finally locked you down for a podcast uh, for BBL13.
2: Yeah, I've been elusive, um, but geez, it's good to be back. I'm sure I'll be a bit rusty first podcast in, but I'll do my best. It's good to have the BBL sort of back. Um, myself, I had a bit of an average round, the first sort of round, weather, pitches, but all in all, it's good to be watching some BBL cricket over summer.
0: Tomo, you you know you're an absolute classic for playing yourself down, but you I thought your round one rank was uh, pretty solid, mate. Where do we
2: end up? Let me have a look. Yeah, I think we're ranked about 8,000 or so. So we've got to we score 1,047 in the first round. There's a few I missed, but I guess the ones I missed were people that I never would have picked or I didn't have any my sort of practice or draft sides. Munro, when I've had Munro in the past, he hasn't done me so well, so I was never really interested in him. Bartlett, Swepson, I wasn't really interested in. So some of the guys that went big. Um, They weren't on my radar, but hopefully we can bounce onwards and upwards over the next few rounds.
0: I had uh, also Tomo is a Brisbane-based boy. He's not a Queenslander, don't stress New South Welshman. He's a Sydney boy. Thank God. He wouldn't be on the podcast if he was a Queenslander. Uh, However, it is teeming down rain up there. So if there's anything in the background, that is what it is. And lucky there's no cricket on up there. Before the show, before we got on air tonight, I sat there and I was talking to the boys and having my daily whinge and sitting there going, my three AE loops, I needed one of them to go well this round just to like solidify the team and help a few decisions. Ben McDermott, four. Cooper Connolly, six. Tan Sanger, 25. Thankfully, you know it made me feel the slightest bit better that Andrew had the same three AE loop options uh, and Tomo might have been the exact same. It was pretty similar. So, guys, if you're out there stressing about that, midway through round two, it's not too, too bad. Uh, Andrew I don't think we've had you on since round one started you said you had a a bit of a slow start to your campaign how's your side tracking?
1: Oh look I had a slow start compared to others I was traveling about where I expected to be I I knew not taking any well I took Connolly but apart from that not taking any scorches not taking any sixes in with my starting team I figured I was going to be start a couple hundred points behind others but my plan as it is every year is to try and See if I can get a bit of an advantage over the whole season. So, um, the test for me this year will be the shorter season, whether it catches me out or not. Trying to play the long game. So, um, I started. When I look back, I'm about the same same distance behind I was the last two years. So, I, I call that on so, track.
0: So, mate, when when the majority of us were absolutely spitting chips when the the renegade scorches game. Uh, got abandoned. I don't know how many renegades you started with. I know it'll be a few, but you were probably licking your lips a little bit in the sense that I imagine you probably had Cooper Connolly on your bench as well. So certainly it impact impacted from a Scorch's point of view. Yeah,
1: it, it's funny because you, you kind of, you talk about that licking my lips. I had five renegades, so that yeah. wasn't great. I'd looked at the, when the Adelaide game was washed out, I was looking at the weather forecast for the rest of the round and I saw that the Scorchers' second game on the Wednesday night in Melbourne wasn't looking good at all. And that's what made me decide to... I pulled Hardy out of my team and not run any Scorchers because I thought I'm, I'm really worried. I know everyone's talking about Sunday's game with a bit of weather around, but I was more worried about Wednesday's. So I didn't go with the Scorchers and then, you know, played me down. Sunday ends up not going ahead or a couple of overs and then yeah. Wednesday... Even though the day wasn't great, but the whole game went through. So you just can't predict the weather.
0: <laughs> it's a crazy game, mate. It was, and it's 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 easy to be cynical at Supercoach Big Bash because you can have your bad days, like any fancy sport. But it's also pretty easy to find silver linings. Like I was devastated when that happened again because I had a lot of renegades as well. But. I last minute end up going Jai Richardson down to Hardy because with the team named, I thought there was every chance of bowling a little bit for them. So there was about a 60K swing, you know, not as bad for the break. It was like, gee, it, it ebbs and flows a lot. Boys, on today's show, though, we are going to get the champions' takes from the opening rounds. Uh, obviously, I'll be staying pretty quiet in that one, being a champions' takes uh, setup or topic name, I should say. We're going to look at what they've learned, their approaches to Supercoach BBL 13, how they've altered particularly around that shortened season and see if they've had any uh, new ideas around that, when they're going to use their boost, that sort of stuff. It is the Melbourne Stars and the Renegades on the round three double game week. So we'll deep dive back into those two teams who also had the double in round one. We're going to list our trades and skippers for round three as best as we possibly can before hooking into a few listener questions to wrap it up, before we do that though, guys, an exciting announcement: to SC Playbook. There's been a few lately. It's been good. Uh, there's a new show to the SC Playbook Podcast Network, the Cricketers Playbook Podcast, featuring myself and Maxi Bryden, along with Hammy G, better known as the, the funny guy from Sportsbet, from bloke in a bar with myself. The this pair, they're brilliant cricket minds. So really nice being wedged in between those boys. Basically, we're expanding the cricket side of SC Playbook out from just Supercoach and that sort of December-January period to be general cricket as well, and the wider, the world cricket audience. So going a little bit bigger with things, uh, and this is exactly what this podcast is. It's talking about the general sport in cricket. We all love it. We're all nerds over it. We all froth it. Uh, what we do there is we debate all the major topics in world cricket, Things like the next in line to replace David Warner, winners and losers from the Aussies in the IPL auction, uh, which wicket keepers next up if Alex Carey goes down or if he can't get it off the square for a period of time. Also, one thing that I nerd out a little bit with cricket is I love knowing what's going on in world cricket, but with so much going on internationally, domestically, uh, it's a little bit tough to do. So, in a nice, short, sharp, entertaining way, we keep you up to date with all the happenings in world cricket in the past week and the best performances. We come up with our World 11 Team of the Week, which we'll do each and every week on the podcast. That is live now in the SC Playbook feed. Now, this is not a general cricket podcast. This is a Super Coach BBL podcast, and that is what you're going to hone in on. I'll preface by saying before we start... Uh, that with very little time between rounds in Big Bash Supercoach, round one and round two was a rare gap because of the test over in Perth, uh, but there's normally less than 24 hours before the, the round start uh, finishes and starts, I should say. So things are going to change. There's going to be a couple of games to play each round as the podcast comes out. We want to give you time to get out and listen to the podcast Uh, This is where I think the the subscriber question and answer podcast, the day of the first game, that comes out is handy because we can update things that might change in the day or two before the new round. Uh, And also the SC Playbook WhatsApp group where we can go in there and do our updated trades leading into the new round. Boys, enough out of me. I'll shut up. What have the champs learned from the opening round in Supercoach BBL? Tomo, mate, you're on debut for BBL 13, certainly not on debut for SC Playbook. I'll start with you mate how are you feeling about it what are your thoughts around the shortened season just the general vibe of things hit us yeah
2: sure thing mate i guess look games being abandoned to the weather is nothing new in bbl that happens a couple of times each year um getting a game abandoned due to pitch conditions is a bit unusual look shortened season I've always been someone that goes for points over cash generation. I know cash generation is important, but at the end of the day, it is points that will get you up the rankings and get you a good finish. I'm always going to go for points, points, whether it be because of a role or whether it's because of the schedule or the double games. I'm always going to with points. I don't think the short and season are going to change things too much for me. The only thing I was thinking the other day with the shortened season, I guess it's relevant with the stars and gates that we'll talk a little bit about tonight, is the shortened season is that once you've lost a couple or you need to get a couple of wins on the board, I hope teams are not going to be as, well, hopefully not resting players as much, and they're going to have full strength size there as much as possible. So I can see that as an added advantage for us super coach players. What do you fellas think?
0: Mate, before we get to Andrew, uh, I find it interesting. Uh, One of my favourite, favourite debates in any form of fancy sport is that approach to cash generation and chasing points, how hard you go at either or from the start of the season and at what point of the season your focus changes from cash generation to focusing on out-and-out points. Now, you know, the traditional view is, you know, you bank that cash early. I know Andrew mentioned his cash gen. He goes very hard at that early. Uh, you know, you're two champions of Supercoach, so you you know it as well as anyone. You're also both, uh, we know Andrew's back-to-back, but Tomo, you're up around that top 100, 300, 500, 1,000 every year. You do it it well. But Tomo, you said that you go, you have that focus on points. So while the traditional Supercoach and certainly Andrew are focusing in the opening rounds on that cash gen, you're saying that you'll go more for points over cash. Of course, there's a balance. You need both, but there's always a bit of an eye towards the, the, the points and the guns.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like cash generation is important and you need to have it with some degree. Um, but I always just favour points on field. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it comes to bite you. I can remember, I think it was probably two seasons ago and I was tossing up with one of my last trades and it was around a similar time of year. It might have been round two. I think The strikers were on the double and I had Maddie Short who had a negative break even, opening the batting was looking good or Peter Siddle bowling death, and I was like, no, I'm going to go with the um, points, get the death bowler in, and then Matty Short went ballistic, and I reckon Siddle almost went wickerless over a double. So it doesn't always work, but as a default position, I like to always think about points over
0: cash. Hmm, interesting. And, and like cash generation speaks for itself, but I do feel the need to reiterate at times, uh, you know, exactly what we mean by points. Of course, we're all going for points, but what I mean by that early on in the season in particular is, there might be a player like, you know, Sean Abbott or, or Maddie Short or whoever it might be who you're probably not going to get, in theory, a lot of cash out of these guys. But we know they're probably going to be the highest scorers of the round. So someone like Tomo might focus on the points and getting these blokes in, whereas Andrew's sitting there going nuts stuff. But there's a bloke at 110k who's going to make cash. Andrew, I'll throw to you, mate. I mean, firstly, any thoughts on that and Tomo's approach? But secondly, how are you feeling about the season thus far? And have any of your approaches to supercoach changed so far?
1: Yeah, so I guess when it comes to points, um, your, your team scoring points, it's making cash usually. <laughs> go hand in hand. So
0: um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so so I I definitely agree. I guess where I might look at points a little bit differently is I'll play the fixture around double games and single games. So I might, you know, I um I might forego a player that's worth 200 grand. And he's a good chance to get eighty points, but I might try and field the one hundred and twenty thousand dollar player who might get a similar score because he's got two games, and then the result of that is I might get a little bit more cash out of him um, because he might grow if he gets that score. But what'll what'll make me decide the determining factor is the role that that player plays. So I'll, if I think the player's got a good role um, and a good role, we all know they bat, they bowl, they get in the points in the field, they're, they've got a good role. Um, I'm prepared to pay a bit less and take a bit of a risk on a player. Um, I went blind on Paul Walter in round one. Um, don't know a lot about him, but I liked where it looked like he was going to bat in the team. I knew he was going to have a bowl. I... I he was, well, I thought he was going to play three games. <laughs> I put him in the side and and he went okay. He didn't star, but I think he got 100. So, um, you know, he's going to, he made a little bit of money. Um, normally, I would then try and milk that as long as I can. So I'll hold those players for a couple of rounds to try and milk the money. This year, I'm taking a slightly different approach. I've actually um, got rid of all my Brisbane players in round two out of my team. So I haven't got any left. Um, normally I would have kept the Munro or um, or Walter because they're both going to make money on the next game, um, but I've got rid of them because I wanted the point. So um, I, you know, I've got five um, strikers playing in this current round, <laughs> and I went and, I was, tossing, and you know, I was tossing up and down just before lockout um, the other day, and I ended up going with Tanvir Sanger over Boyce. Um, Part of me kind of wishes I went for boys and went for those six strikers, but um, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm, I'm, you know, exact same bench as you, so I'm going to have to take Boyce's miserable twenty five
0: now. So, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. You can't, you can't change that. So just move on to the next round. Yeah, me sitting here with Cooper Connolly's four about to come into my team. What I'd give for a twenty six from Cameron Boyce, mate. Seriously, tough life for you, Andrew. Um, and. The the beauty of the way you've both spoken about that is, and another thing I try to reiterate, you know, there are people out there who think there's this cut and dried method to winning supercoach and doing well in supercoach, but you two have just produced, you know, some fairly contrasting views in the game. And it just shows that there's no right or wrong way to play this game. There are different ways to do it and have success. Um, you know, if someone can nail down the perfect way, well, I'd love to hear about it because they'll never lose. But I just don't think uh, I don't think it exists. Boys, some massive breaking news, which look, it's uh it's not gonna help out too many people because this podcast is gonna be going live after game three of round two, but it could help people before the fourth game of the round, which is the Sydney Sixers. Tom Curran has been banned for four games. Tomo, why was it, mate? He he G'd up at an umpire or something?
2: Yeah, um, our mate Maxie alerted to us, but something to do with umpire and a bit of a carry-on. So I don't have the whole details, but thank goodness we've got guns like Maxie in helping us out. That's all I'll say.
0: Maxie Bryden mid-show has has chimed in to let us know. It's impacted my team because I was able – to reverse trade out Tommy Curran and get Michael and Nisa back in. So Curran Gorn, who was already in my team, uh, and Nisa. So thankful for that one and hopefully a few people in the similar boat. We have sent it out mid-show over the SC Playbook Cricket Socials. So don't say we don't try. We've uh, we've halted the show. And I've got beers waiting as well. So Anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, where were we? We'd, we'd, talk, we'd spoken about the champs. Absolutely rattled. Thankfully, it's, something's gone in my favour. You wouldn't believe it. Andrew didn't start with Tom Carr, so it's not impacted by it. Shock. Uh, boys, the Melbourne Renegades on the double in round three. Already heavily owned. Uh, look, one that I brought into my team for round two is Jake Fraser McGurk. Fellas, I was watching that first knock of his, and he just looked absolutely exceptional. He starts or starts. He's at seventy-two thousand dollars, leading into round two, uh, because of the game it was a bend, and his break-even's only negative nine. I hate bat only players, but I needed to focus on cash generation, even after his game this round. Uh, Andrew, you're a renegades man. There are just times where you go, this bloke is too talented, uh, and he'll he, he needs to stay in my team. So. What are your thoughts on I mean, him? Did you start with him? I, I felt sick watching him last week as a non-owner and the abandoned game helped me, but uh, he looks the goods.
1: Yeah, look, I he won me over when he scored that lightning hundred in the one-day, in the state one-day comp, whatever it's called nowadays. Um, so I started with him. As soon as I saw he was looking like batting three in that first Renegades game, um, I thought, got to bring him in. He could do anything. Um, and, you know, quick 20. And that's a quick 50 points, so... Yeah. Um, speaking of... You know, of just uh, as well, but he, he did well, but bat only, he could go first ball. <laughs> that's the danger with the bat of, only
0: players. Speaking of uh, uh, quick 20s, quick-fire 20s, uh, Adam Hose, I think we owe him an apology. A certain member of this podcast has been calling him uh, Adam Hose. Uh, you know, look, this certain member of the podcast, probably not the strong, strongest English speaker for a podcast host uh, in the country, I wouldn't say. Um, you know, he's a big fan of Jose Mourinho. got a little bit confused, crossed the wires. But uh, to Adam Hose, um, unfortunately, there's not going to be any more laughs out there, SC Playboy listeners, because I've worked it out. And what an innings as well. That was freaking phenomenal. Uh, Tomo, uh, Jake Fraser McGurk, are you an owner? Due to that neg-nine break, even he'll make some coin regards if he scores well tonight or not. Uh, I think he's a pretty decent buy at the price for the round three double anyway.
2: Yeah, a bit like you, I brought him in this round, mate. Um, Watched him in the first game, a couple of streaky ones early, but, jeez, he hit some nice ones as well. I reckon that performance has guaranteed him, if not the whole tournament, at least the next few weeks at number three, and hopefully well, at least one game in the round three double, he can get a hot, to a hot start and then earn some cash I don't love having him on the field. Might, even though he's on a double, it might be a loop for sort a of proposition. But, um, yeah, I've joined you on the train, so fingers crossed.
0: I, I hate the bad only, especially a rookie like Fraser McGurk's, you know, not on the, the AA loop for your team. He's starting in my side, uh, and I'm very nervous about it tonight because Cooper Connolly couldn't get off the square. Um Boys, Will Sutherland, he was 26% owned leading into the season. He was the star of round one and God knows how many super points he would have scored, had that second fixture for the Renegades gone through. He's the most purchased player in round two, or not currently, he will stay that way. Negative 16 break even and I suspect he's probably going to be the most purchased player in round three as well. Andrew, I'm assuming you probably started with him because you get most things right. Um he, even after the price rise in round two, with that negative 16 break even, I'm probably going to be paying up over 200K for him next week and probably captain him as well.
1: Yeah, look, he's, he's got the role, hasn't he? He's, he's bowling so much better this year, so you can see he's going to get the overs, where last year he missed out a couple of times on bowling, even though he's in the side. Um, he's, and you know, he's another one. He can hit a big ball. He can score very quickly coming in at six or seven in the order. Uh, it's really good to see him um, being named at seven in that Renegade side. So you, they're not needing the extra bowler. So um, they, you know that's giving us a sign they want to use him. So I think he's a must-have if you can have a must-have.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, no no buy into round seven for the Renegades. So often we know the buy will follow the double game week, but not the case for the Gades. Uh, Tom, I'll get your take on it, and you know, fish grilled me on the round. Two podcasts a few days ago mm-hmm. about not getting him in for this week. Look, mate, I'm not happy about it. I'll watch nervously. Now will be praying that Michael Neister can outscore him tonight. The one thing I will say is, and I might be clutching at straws here, but the Renegades batting lineup is stacked. He's at number seven. We know that he's probably going to be utilised as a pinch hitter at times. He bowls the middle overs, so not the key death overs, as we know are so um, you know, useful in Supercoach. Uh, where do you sit on him tomo are you an owner is he a must-have immediately what do you reckon
2: uh thankfully i am an owner sorry to me um but look i think in the first game the renegades played each of their bowlers bowl four overs um with the game that was abandoned who knows what was to happen oh. and if he bowls four overs again in round two and with that pinch hitting you know He's listed at seven, but I reckon they'll send him in when there's a power surge or they want quick runs. So he's not locked into number seven. He could be coming in earlier. Yeah, I'd be getting him in.
0: Uh, look, boys, because we already you know started the season with the, the Renegades on the double, You know we might look to bring a player or two in, but anyone who wants Fraser McGurk are probably getting him in this round. Uh, there's the potential impact of Sean Marsh not playing tonight, was uh, touted to maybe come in. Maybe he comes in for round three, I um, suppose we look, looking ahead to the next round, boys, Tom Rogers is an interesting one, uh, f- still only at 4% ownership, $169,000, dropped $15,000, he went no good in the opening game for the games. then in the abandoned fixture, took an early wicket, I believe, so he dropped a little bit of cash, but didn't hemorrhage too, too badly. Uh, look at the ownership. Is he someone you you might consider bringing into your team, Andrew? As it you know, you've probably got enough gates, and it is, and that's where it becomes tough. You don't want to overstock on them. But what do you reckon?
1: My plan was to grab him next round. Yeah, uh, the first the first round has me a little bit worried with his price, but but I, it was actually a good thing bringing his price down a little bit. So um, I'm hoping I can afford him. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he he goes in tonight's game. And um, if he looks okay, I, I reckon he'll be a target for me. Tomo, Tommy Rogers?
2: Yeah, I'm a fan too. I was having a look at their bowlers and doing some prep for next round. And Majeed's the only one that didn't really interest me. Zampa, Rogers and Richo, I think there's a world where you could see any of those guys picking up four to five wickets across a couple of games. So Majeeb's the only one that didn't interest me, but I can't knock Richo, Rogers, or Zampa as prospects. I can see them scoring well well if the conditions and everything aligned.
0: As a Majeeb owner, I'm uh, I'm copying a public stony on this podcast and no really enjoying it, boys. So thank you. Um, and I think just the last one to mention there, again, we've spoken about it about these guys at such lengths, not only in the last week, but in the preseason leading into it. He won't spend too, too much time on it, uh, nor the Stars, for many good reasons with that lob. But uh, Quinton de Cock, another one who, again, I've said time and time again, a few reservations around him coming straight in. Can he find his feet immediately? Uh, again, only playing one game of the round one double that happened to be the abandoned fixture. He dropped $8,500, 171k, Andrew, I know you're very role-dependent. He's a wicket keeper, which I know you love in your batting lineup. What are your thoughts? High upside, bit of risk in there.
1: Um I feel like he's the type of player you could take on and not have. But he's the type of player that could make mm. you pay for not for not doing it. So I'm um, another one once again, looking forward to seeing how he looks. Um, Having Fraser McGurk in my side, batting at three, um, you know, having, um, uh, what's his name, um, English wicketkeeper, Clark, um, I kind of, I think having the top three might be a bit overkill, so it makes me lean towards, I think I can go without QDK, but I might really pay for that decision.
0: I'm willing to take the risk as well, mate. Mate, and stay away from you. I know the the spy is very, was very keen on him. I should say until ruled out of the first game. So interesting to see if he will uh, bring him in. That will be in the WhatsApp chat, I'm sure, from the old spy, uh, Tomo. What about yourself, mate? Yeah, look, I
2: would think I would like a Renegades opener in the double. I don't currently have either international batter, so I can see myself bringing in one. Um, They play away to Hobart in the first game, and I think with the Hurricanes' current form, that looks like a tasty matchup. We saw what Hardy and Crawley did um, to the Canes recently. Um, I don't know which way I'd go. I can see Merritt in both, but I can see myself wanting a a Renegades opening batter over their double because they could go large.
0: Boys, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people out there listening to this podcast right now. They're sitting there sleeping in their parents' granny flat. They might be tradies earning an absolute wicket. They're doing cashies for fun of a Saturday and a Sunday. With that much coin, they don't know what to do with it. Sitting on a small fortune, they're going to have to wake up on Boxing Day. They're going to be dusty watching the Test with all the rellos and the kids around. Just going, geez, do, I'd enjoy some peace and quiet. Uh, Well, for those people out there, it might be time to dip your toe into the property market. Most people out there think there's no chance of being able to afford any property, but it's far more achievable than you think it is, whether it's an investment property or your own home. So if you're interested in doing this and finding out a little bit more about whether you're in a position to do so, buying now, might be planning to buy down the track, reach out to Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Normally this would sting you $129, but if you mention SC Playbook, completely free of charge. Unbelievable. To do so, flick the boys a message on Instagram at patandgeorge underscore SCW, or you can give them a buzz on 02-9521-1611. It doesn't matter where in Australia you are, make the call, have a chat to them. The email and all those details are in our articles at scplaybook.com.au. Boys, on to the Melbourne Stars preview. And I'm going to start with a question from Flinch from Instagram. And he says, he asks... How many stars are viable? (laughs) And it's a relevant question because year in, year out, they come into the tournament with a pretty stacked roster and to put it politely, they shit the bed. And they've done the exact same thing this season. Anyone that overinvested in them would be filthy. Didn't help that Glenn Maxwell, who was good in game one, didn't play game two with an injury. We expect Maxi to be back for game, sorry, round three for the start. of Round three. The first game of round three, which is a double for the Stars, we got there. Um, It's a great question, though, because, you know, as a result of the first two poor rounds, there are some discounted plays. But, uh, Andrew, they let us down time and time again. You know, is there a lot of risk in over-investing in Stars players or can we have a bit of a crack at them?
1: Who knows? Um, They're a frustrating team. I think it feels like every year Stoinis, oh, geez, value. I've got to get him, bring him into the team, and let's lets me down year after year. So this year I've stayed away from him, so he'll probably go big. Yeah, sure. Um it's it's hard to know to know how they're going to go. I'm a real Webster fan. Mm. I want Webster, but I'm not convinced what his role is at the stars this year. I don't know. He, he didn't bowl. He did bowl in his first game back. Yeah. Mm. And I I reckon he's going to get to bowl a bit because just because mm. he bowls the um uh, spin bowling, and he bowls his medium paces. I think he's very flexible with his bowling, so I can't see them not bowling him. Um, it, if it's, it's where he's going to bat in that lineup, I, I think he's going to be at three. Yeah, so I'm I'm keen on him, but I don't have him yet.
0: Yeah, it's like I, I very very much understand the the different formats and whatnot, but you even look at the, the PM's eleven game. The reason why he missed the first game for them. He came out in that one and he bowled a ton of overs for for the PM's 11. So he bowled 12 overs, went for none for 45. But, like, we know he's a more than capable bowler. He had that – he had the really good role. I think it was late in BBL 12 last year and was just racking up points for fun, whether it was with the bat, with the ball, whether it was in the field, uh, could find a run out. Tomo, where do you sit on Bo Webster? Because he's one that I'm – I just don't know. Like, I, you know – before the season started, we all would have had him pencilled in for round three for the double and the, another double in round five, I believe it is for the stars. But it's going to be a gamble because we're we're going in, and he hasn't bowled in his last game, so there are question marks.
2: Yeah, there are huge question marks. I wonder if Max is back and captain. If he's going to want to bowl Webster more than Stoinis would as captain, I'm not sure if that's a possibility. It's hard. He didn't bowl, and now they've got the buy in round two, so we can't see for any trends or any sort of intel, so we're really going in blind. Look, he didn't bowl in round one, so I think you've got to, that's got to be your default position, that he's not going to bowl. But I guess maybe if he did come out in round three and then was bowling more regularly, he could be a buy more when they've got their second double round five. But I think it's hard to go in when he hasn't bowled any in the first instance. The stars are a conundrum. Stoyness is sort of the symbol, but the stars are whole, a whole lot conundrum and a headache, aren't they, really?
0: Yeah, he um, he does depict everything that is messed up with the stars, that boy. So it's a really tough one, guys. And and it's also a hard one to analyse because we can sit here and pot the stars all we want. They could come out and have two blinds of games in their round three double and we all look foolish and you should have, should have invested uh, heavily in them. We just don't know. So, look. I currently have Stoyness. I have Sammy Harper. Thanks for that one, Andrew, mate. I really appreciate all your pre-season yeah, no worries. advice. Yep, cheers, mate. All the good <laughs> stuff you said, and that's the bit of advice that I took. Uh, and Glenn Maxwell. So it's almost like take your pick. Hopefully Marcus Stoyness comes good. Because we've invested in them, uh, you've got, you have to stick with them through round two. They've been great loophole options this week in theory. Uh, probably the one worth mentioning is Osama Murr, who uh, you mentioned you owned him, Andrew, and, well, he was one of their better ones, took one for 22 off his four overs against the Scorchers and was just a standout. Tom, I'll throw to you, Murr, there's a question that comes in later in the podcast, which we'll get to from Frio Girl. Is Murr going to be available for the Stars doubles to come before leaving the country? What has happen, happened there is the Pakistani players, the Pakistani cricket board, they have weirdly allowed their Pakistani BBL contingent to play from up until December 29. So this is Zaman Khan, Osama Murr, Harris Rauf. What this means for Murr and the Stars players, they play the double in round four, sorry, in round three. They play on the 28th of December in round four. So we'd expect him to certainly get the double in round three. Based on that information, he probably plays the game in round four as well, but he'd miss the round five double. Tomo, where do you sit on Murr as a potential trade-in?
2: I've actually got him two, so I'm hoping he does really, really well. Um, Look, he did get one wicket in the the second game. The first game didn't look like much chop, and he should have really got two, except Ralph dropped an absolute bunny at backward point. Um, Hopefully he remembers how to bat. He could get plenty of opportunities with the bat, I'm hoping he um, goes big in round three and four, but as trading him in, I'm not so sure. I've got him, I'll hold him, and I'll hope, but I don't know if I can recommend him strongly as a trade-in. One star I would like to mention, because there is someone I was keen on before the season, and I don't know if I've missed something, but Steckity, why didn't he play the second game? I'm looking for a star's bowler to um, bring in. They've got a good schedule. What's happened to Mark Ske I used to be a fan. In fact, I'm still a fan. I wanna know what's happened to him.
0: That that Brisbane Brisbane bias, uh, Andrew Steckerty.
1: Um, yeah, I'm a bit the same. I don't
0: he was out, wasn't he? He was in the he,
1: he couldn't play the first he game. He was in the PMs game. Um, yeah, he's in the PMs eleven, yeah. And that I know hmm. he was out for that, but did he I can't remember. Was he supposed to be back and he wasn't?
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Maybe they just decided yeah, to give I him the
0: uh, the first game
1: off. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like Steckity. I think he's he's sort of in that mix of looking for, if I'm looking at stars to come in, if, depending on what their lineup
0: looks like for the first game of the next round. 115, 118 grand, I should say. Uh, he'll be going into that, so if he's selected for the first game. And we also add into that, boys, Nathan Coulton-Ile, the big quick dead set. Field of paper. He, the poor bugger. He's such a good cricketer, but Just cannot stay on the field. Uh, he's gone until, I think, early to mid-Jan, so it's just going to help him out as well uh, at this stage. Andrew, anything else you wanted to touch on at the Stars?
1: Look, I think that's kind of covered it all for me. I, I'm not excited by a lot of them. Um, I am try- looking to go heavy with Stars and, and Renegades next round, but it's going to be quite slanted towards more Renegades than Stars. Um, well, let's is, get to is, it. You know, yeah, sorry.
0: You're all right, mate. I was just going to say let's move on on that note to our round three trades and skippers. Of course, things are going to change in the next couple of days. We can only we talk about what, uh, what we're looking at doing at this stage because, boys, I'm looking at bringing in two stars slash renegades but my third trade, because I'm already pretty loaded on renegades as it is. The stars I'm just pretty cold on. I'm sort of thinking maybe looking ahead with my third trade to round four uh, and the Sydney Thunder, who present some decent little AE options. They play in the first game of round four, some really good loop opportunities there. Uh, Tomo, I'll start with you, mate. What are your trade and skipper plans ahead of Supercoach round three?
2: Sure thing. So out will be Kuhneman, Payne, and probably Michael Mesa. Um, in will be... Probably a Renegades opener, whether that's Clark or whether that's Cock, I'm not sure. A Stars bowler, is it going to be Steckity? Harris-Ralph is not there for the double and the next double. I would really love a bowler that's going to be there for round three double and round five double. The problem is, as we've alluded to tonight, I've got no idea who that will be. But if someone um, jumps up, they'll be there. And then I'm going to leave the other trade open. Whether that's a Renegades bowler, whether that's someone else in preparation for another round, I'm not sure. But, yeah, they're my current plans at the moment. Uh, Vice-captain, providing he's back and all signs look like he'll be back, will be Maxwell. And then um, I think the chief will have to be my uh, captain if Maxwell goes no good in the first game.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be an extremely popular line. Boys, some huge breaking news, possibly even bigger than the Tom Coney's hasn't been too many smiles put on my face in the uh, super just yet. But Michael Nisa has started with a maiden over. 15 points in the bag. Thank <laughs> you very much. A win for the Kuma Stallions. <laughs> Andrew, hit us <laughs> with your trades and skippers for round three. And why are you captaining my face despite being on the bye? <laughs> <laughs> um
1: yeah, I'm like Tom a with my captain and vice-captain. I think that's going to be a popular choice, Maxi and mm. Sutherland. Um, my trades, I'm looking to... I'm actually targeted playing 11 double players next round. I know a few people aren't doing that, but I haven't got the, the big guns um, on a single to play, so I'm just going to go a little bit different to a lot of others and and bring in three uh, renegades and strikers to bring myself up to 11. Sorry, Jeez. not strikers. Stars. Um, yeah, good. Good
0: that.
1: yeah. So who I, I, I'll I I'll I'll take out three strikers. Who they are? I've got five at the moment. Probably leaning towards you know maybe Overton and Baisley um, and Payne would go out, which will give me a bit of cash. Um, players I'm looking looking at um, people like Stecky, who we mentioned, Cartwright. Maybe if I need that cheaper player um, to bring in. Um, Rogers is definitely. Definitely on the radar for me as well, um, and I haven't look. I haven't ruled out um, a, a thunder player, and maybe going mm. for another loop before I make that that in the, uh, extra trade decision in the round. And because I've already got Tamsin Sanger on the bench, I might look at a batsman up on the bench. And I did have in the back of my mind Sam's for to do that this round, but of yeah. he looks I don't know where he's at, but I've gone off him now.
0: Being overloaded, boys, already like the majority of us on stars and renegades. I'm a little bit surprised you weren't keener on uh, on a thunder player looking into round four because th- there's a bit of value there, and the fact that they're the perfect auto emergency loop for round three leading into the double. I think it's to me it seems the obvious player, and I feel uh, I don't want to go out of my box here speaking to two former champs, but I just think that seems the play. So I'm looking at going pain. Spencer Johnson out and probably Michael Nisa, Will Sutherland, potentially uh, Osama Murr in. And then one of maybe, look, there's a bunch of potential options, but Ollie Davies, Dan Sams, um, his role a bit all over the shop at the moment, but it still looks pretty good. If you want to get really rogue, Alex Hales, uh, VC, pretty hard to go past, Glenn Maxwell C. Uh, Sutherland. Tomo?
2: Yeah, just one thing I thought I should mention for the listeners is just if the stars are going poorly. Let's just watch their batting lineup to see if they've got any changes. You know, Cartwright started the season well down the order. Other years he's been popped up. To even I think last year went up to number three. So. Be interesting to see if they make any changes to try and turn around their form with their batting lineup, and if someone like Cartwright, who's doing well at number six and currently scoring some runs, if he went up the order, that would be very interesting. So just watch their batting lineup in case there's a few changes um, over the coming rounds.
0: Very fair shout, and I'll tell you it was an even bigger shout. Spencer Johnson's to dismiss Quinton de Kock for a duck, seven ball duck. The Stallions held on to Spencer Johnson. Uh, the IPL auctioneers, they showed faith in him, so I thought I'd better as well. And he's got an early scout. They haven't conceded a run off the bat. Oh, my goodness. How good's this? How good live podcasting? I don't know if you're up to date. They hadn't conceded a, a run off the bat in the first 10 balls. Jake Fraser mcgurk goes for six off, tonks him for six off his first ball. You would not read about that. Couldn't script it. Oh, please get to 20, Jake. <laughs> Uh, it's all coming up stallions boys sc playbook listeners out there if you would like to support the site and get access to our sc playbook premium content we do have a subscription package available for the remainder of the season extra articles each and every round there's a heap coming out in the next couple of days leading into round three access to our subscriber only whatsapp group the late mail threads the last minute team news contributor only chats all the good stuff uh you can do so by jumping into the menu at scplayable.com.au and subscribing there. Boys, listener questions before we wrap things up. Uh, look, and it's going to be the million-dollar question leading into round three, unless he goes berserk again in the second one. But Cram Jono says, do we get rid of Matt Short after round two? This is the Langley way, question mark. It is the Langley way. Uh, and I noted, Andrew, that you didn't mention Maddie Short in your trade-outs. Now, look, if he goes bonkers in that second game for the strikers, he's going to somehow make a ton of money despite his huge starting price. But they have the buy. Uh, not on your mind or what are you thinking?
1: Um, he's not on my mind because part of my planning with trying to not have to boost in round three and field maximum doubles was the <laughs> hope that I could hold on to Matty Short on the bench. Um, yeah. People say the Langley way is about rotating the, the big guns through, which which is true. You want to rotate them through. But as the season goes on, our team value increases. So we can start to hold these big guns after their double. And Matty Short was one I was hoping to just
0: hmm.
1: um, hold on to. And um, depending, to, you know, like anything, it's going to depend how the players go tonight and
0: where our prices go. But um, I'm hoping I can hold on to him. Uh, update, Jake Fazbear Girk, 10 off 2. Strike rate 500. Tomo. What are your thoughts around Maddie Short? Look, let's say that he doesn't, you know, he has an okay second game. There's money to be made, but at a big price. What are you thinking? Oh, my God. I would love you. it. Fraser McGregor, days.
2: He's gone crazy. He's gone mental. Oh um, let's try not to jinx it, though. Look, I've got Nisa in my side, so I think I'd rather trade Nisa out before Maddie Short. Yeah, He'll come down to his next game, too, because if he does something mental, um, it's hard to get rid of him does remind me, though, I think it was a couple of years ago, Josh Filipe started the season on fire and got to some ridiculous price. And the yep. move actually was to trade him even though he was hot because the trades you can make and the players you could get in on schedule um, were just awesome. So I can see some similarities there, but I want to try and hold him as long as it doesn't damage my side too much.
0: Yeah, that, that year that Philippe went nuts, I remember trading him at about 280K and people said, why are you trading this bloke in the form that he's in? I'm like, at the end of the day... It was a no-brainer for me because he came out and got no runs in his next three or four innings, dropped a bunch of cash, people skip it in. You you boys are as good as anyone. They're they're the risks you have to take to win Supercoach and go against the grain. But when you're a bat-only player, obviously the impact of, you know, he's got the wicket-keeping and the gloves there to get a few extra points. But, you know, if it was an all-rounder like Matt Short who's bowling his overs and batting up the order, it's a little bit different. But with essentially a straight batsman, um, you know, these are the things you have to look at. What do you reckon, Andrew?
1: Yeah, look, Matty Short, we haven't had many games so far this year, but the best batting points role in Supercoach <clears throat> is the opening batsman, on <clears throat> average, get the most points. And in the field, bowlers who bowl at least three overs get the most points in the field. Matty Short is the only player that's played so far this year that is opening the bat and has bowled three overs in a match. So um, he's got the best role in Supercoach. <laughs> Based on the first, yeah, you know, how many games we've had.
0: Tom Curran had a good one for his first couple of games, but we know where that's gone now. Boys, a few questions around availability. There is an article on the website that keeps this updated. Uh, one from Matt Manning. How long is Quinton de Kock out here for? Do we think he's a must-have for round three? We've had a bit of a say on that. Um, the South African T20 tournament is starting on January ten. So I would suspect they played their last game on January four. The Renegades before that date, which is round six, I'd imagine. Decock will be here until that point. Uh, and there's another one from we've spoken about. Yeah, Frio actually around Osama. And, uh, boys, the last one. Question from Joshua: Will the Renegades and Scorchers abandoned game be replayed? Have we seen anything on that uh, that one, Andrew?
1: No, I, I haven't seen anything on it. I'd be very surprised it was replayed. I mean, when you're dealing with flights and people going all over the country, yeah, it's, it's a lot. be too hard to fit it in.
0: Yeah, it's, um, with the length of the competition and the amount of games, it's going to be a little bit tough. Boys, we will wrap that one up. Jake Fraser McGurk, six runs. He's gone to 22 off six. You beauty. <laughs> um, thank God for that. Boys, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Andrew, thank you very much, mate. Big as always.
1: No, thanks Thanks for having me. It's
0: another good night, especially Tomo, if we're hitting 20 runs as we speak. He'll be at 100, but he could break the record for the quickest century of all time, his own his own record. Um, Tomo, a strong debut for BBL 13 on the podcast. Obviously, there's been articles up on the website from yourself, but uh, good to have you on.
2: Thanks, fellas. Always good fun. And let's try and see if I can get back on quicker than uh, my big break
0: this time, mate. Eh? We'll see how we go, mate. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can thank us by going and following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you are on your socials. SC Playbook Cricket. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We will not be back for Christmas. I think the next podcast will be with Boxing Day on Boxing Day, NRF and I reckon the spires a fair chance to feature on that one. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.